The title of the message this morning is Growing in God's Word in 2018. Growing in God's Word in 2018. And I am, I am excited for what lays ahead in the year. And I'm looking forward to what God is going to do. Somehow I have a sense that this theme may be more effective and fruitful than perhaps a number of themes that we focused on before. But I'd like to jump straight in and announce and declare to you that our theme for the year is simply growing in God's Word. There it is, growing in God's Word. And that's the the visual, the artwork that you will see uh, every Sunday as the service starts to remind you of our theme for the year. So the theme is growing in God's Word. How's that sound to you? Good. Why don't you say that with me? Growing in God's Word. Say it again. Growing in God's Word. I wonder, do you have a desire to grow in God's Word this year? And I believe that if you, well, thank you for that good response, and if you don't have a desire, perhaps the Lord might stir your heart during the time of sharing right now. So growing in God's Word is our theme, and the message I'm going to share this morning is essentially focused a little bit on vision casting, a little bit practical, and a little bit of preaching of a particular scripture. So it's going to be a little bit of an interesting sermon this morning. In a few moments' time, I'd like to share with you how this theme came about for 2018. But for now, let's just focus on the what. What are we actually going to be doing? I'm actually a very practical person. I like to know the what. People come and talk to me about theories of this and that and the next. I like to say, well, what does it mean? What are we going to actually do? And so let's talk about the what. So here is the big idea. As a leadership team, we are calling upon every one of you, we are calling upon the congregation, young, old, no matter what, if you're nine years old or however, we are calling upon you to read through the entire New Testament during this year. That is the challenge that we're putting out to you. Think about that for a moment. Now, because this is a challenge that is going to be lasting for a long time this year, I want to say it again, that as a leadership team, we are challenging you. We're asking you to participate. We're asking you to say, yes, I'm on board. I'm going with it. I'm going to journey with the congregation. And we are challenging you, calling upon you to read through the entire New Testament in this year. How's that for a challenge? Good, good. I believe it is certainly a challenge, especially for some, and maybe it's something that you've never, ever done before. You might have been serving God for quite a while. You've never done it before, and it's something different, something exciting, something fresh to take on. And I think that for some people here, it's really going to be the first time you've ever done something like this, and this can be a fresh opportunity for you to grow in your walk with God. And as you do that daily Bible reading, you also can end off in a moment of prayer, and this can help your relationship with God. I believe it is going to be a blessing. Now, some people might say, but why don't we read through the whole Bible? 
I mean, John, aren't we like serious Christians? We have to read through the whole Bible. Anybody saying that today? One lady stick up her hand. Thank you. <laughs> Suddenly people are like, yeah, I want to know God, but not that much. All right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But some people would say that, and I have had people also talk to me about that. But actually, in terms of that, it could be more than most people could actually manage to do. And we don't want to set ourselves up for frustration. We don't want to set ourselves up for like, we're trying to do this, but no, we, we can't. It'll be so lovely if at the end of the year, we've been able to all journey through and the vast majority of everyone is on board. We've done it together. We've done it corporately. And also, let me say that the New Testament will already prove highly beneficial. And so we're going to benefit a lot now. 260 chapters, please say that, 260 chapters. Do you know that that's the amount of chapters in the New Testament? And also on the, your screen, you see the hashtag NT260. Uh, and as you are going to begin to journey in the Word of God in the New Testament this year, maybe you want to share things as you read certain scriptures and share it on Facebook, social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and why don't you use that hashtag NT260 so that it can be uh, also referenced by others who are taking hold of that. And so this is our suggestion that you would read one chapter per day, 260 days, starting on Sunday the 4th of February. Originally, I'd indicated to you that we'd like to start on the 1st of February, just kind of the beginning of the calendar month, but we thought it might be good to just delay it a few days and that we start together on a Sunday in church. So there's more of a corporate like, hey, we're in this together. So we submit that to you Sunday the 4th of February. Now, why start close to the beginning of February? Why the 4th of February? Because it actually... Practically, it gives us a little time to settle into the new year. I mean, new year, it's, it's, an, it's, it's an adjustment. And some kids are in different classes and extra mural activities. And some people get a little like holiday blues. And they're just dreaming of Belita, Belita, Belita. But Belita has gone for a while, okay? And some people are adjusting into the new year. So it first gives you time to settle before we get into the Bible reading so we can get in with a strong start. But also, at the start of a year, many people join a church. And so people are, I'm sure, joining at the start of this year, and it gives them an opportunity to hear the theme, hear what we're gonna be doing so that they can participate, get on board right from the beginning. And so those 260 daily readings will take you through till the 21st of October. That's not bad. It's not even for the 31st of December, but it might be for some in case you've fallen behind, if you know what I mean. And uh, so after the 21st of October, it leaves a little bit of extra time in case somebody has fallen behind, you've still got time to finish it up, and before the end of the year, you can say, done and dusted, and there can be a nice sense of closure. But now think about this. What a wonderful thing to do, people, that we're going to be spending time regularly, consistently, 
throughout the year in God's word. This is wonderful. It is. It's wonderful. I can't think of anything better to spend our time on. You know, the scripture does say better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And I wonder if we could, I'm sure we could also apply that to the word of God. Better is one reading in the word of God than a thousand minutes of Instagram <laughs> or social media or something. I'm not against social media, not at all. And, but think about it, how highly beneficial this can be in terms of our lives. And so my question to you today, sir, ma'am, this is what I'm asking you. Are you up for the challenge? Wonderful. I'm encouraged by your response. And for those that didn't respond, hear the peer pressure next to you. And uh, you can just nudge those people that were very quiet and say, come on, come on, come on, baby. And so I really believe that this is a challenge that we can take on. It's not beyond what is reasonable. And so... In terms of this, I'd like to just say that I have actually, I've never heard of a local church, a church community that has undertaken such an extensive reading plan. You might be aware of one. I'm actually not. Uh, in our pastor's meeting on Wednesday, chatting with the pastors, about eight of us around the table, and historically, there's different churches and backgrounds represented, and I said to the guys, I said, listen, have you in your church uh, ever been involved in an extensive reading plan through the Bible, like reading through the whole New Testament together as a church? And some of them said, yes, well, in the traditional churches, maybe the Anglican churches or the Methodists, they have specific readings, but none of them of my pastoral team had been in a church, myself included, where there had been an extensive reading program. Now, come to think of it, this should not be so unheard of. I mean, God has given us the Bible. It should not be so unheard of that the churches are reading through the Word together. And who knows, maybe God will even use what we're doing to be an influence to others and other churches might catch on and also want to do that and praise the Lord if that takes place. Now, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1 is on your screen. It says, my son, do not forget my law. Nowadays, we could also refer to that as the Bible, the teachings, the word of God. My son, do not forget my law. But let your heart keep my commandments. Listen to this promise. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Look at this. Bind them around your neck. How's that? Write them on the tablet of your heart. This is very interesting. It is as though we need to bind God's word, his truth around our neck. We need to engrave his word upon our hearts. The word of God should not be far from us. It should be right here with us. The scripture says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The scripture says, bind the truth around your neck. And I want to tell you the word of God and his truth should play a central and a pivotal role in our lives. Without a doubt. 
Now, there are three things that I'd like to touch on this morning. I actually had four, but I think I'm only going to get to the first three. And the first aspect, number one, how the theme for 2018 came about. I'm the kind of person, tell me, how did this germinate within your heart? And then, okay, and it helps me to buy in even more. So, how did this come about? Well, as you would recall, our theme last year in 2017, I wonder if you can recall it, it was building up your most holy faith. Say that with me, building up your most holy faith. I'm sure you haven't forgotten about it. And it was based on Jude 1 verse 20. We did spend a lot of time on that theme. We preached many messages on that theme, and I certainly believe that that was God's plan for us. God works with detail. He works with uh, a great plan. Now, having said that that was our theme for the year, we, we did learn last year at one point in one of the messages, we learned that one of the crucial ways in which faith is built up is by exposure to the Word of God. I actually like that phrase, exposure to the Word of God. And this is one of the ways that faith is built up. Listen to the statement. It says, a growing faith requires the superfood of the Word. That was actually one of the points in a message that I shared last year. And it bases its, on, its basis is from Romans 10, verse 17. In the New King James Version, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by, those four words, the Word of God. Can you see how important the Word of God is for faith to grow and develop in our lives? The Word of God is paramount. It is crucial. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And so in essence, this means that when we hear God's Word, when we're exposed to it, it actually does this amazing thing. It releases faith within us. All you've got to do is expose yourself. And then it really, obviously expose yourself with an open heart. You expose yourself to the Word of God with an open heart. It just releases faith within us. So... The Word of God is very important, people of God. Hear what I'm saying. The Word of God is very important. But here's a thought for you. Maybe we don't know enough of the Word of God. I realize that's a generalization. I certainly do. But what if in South Africa in 2018, God is looking at the country and he's saying, there's not enough of a high level of the word in my people. It has to be raised. What if there's not enough word in our lives? But if we can get more of the word into our hearts and into our minds, then we can walk in greater kingdom authority. Can you say amen? Let me tell you a little story. About 14 months ago, I was having a cup of coffee, I think it was, with one of our life group leaders, and a lovely man and a lovely life group that he's leading, 
and quite a dynamic group, maybe 20 people in the group, something like that. And I was chatting with this life group leader, talking about his life group and what's going on and some of the challenges that they're facing and things that are issues and coming up and so on. And then he said the following to me. He said, John, he said, I've discovered the people don't know the word. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't really what I wanted to hear. It's in our church. It's one of our groups in our church. And, and he said, John, I have to be honest with you. The people don't know enough of the word. And he said, many of them have never, ever read through the word. Serving God for many years. Never seen it a priority to read through the word of God. You know, and as he was talking, I actually sensed that maybe the Lord was speaking through him to me. I sensed that he was actually right. And that I also felt personally challenged. And I thought maybe the Lord is busy raising something to my awareness so that we can see a greater level of the word of God in our people. Can you say amen? And in uh, 1st of January last year, then I began reading through the Bible. And I'm not quite through yet. I was trying to finish in one year. I'm 75% of the way through. Got still a little bit of way to go. I did realize, let me tell you, that it is quite a big commitment to get through the Word, the time allocation and so on. If you're reading right from the first you know, book of the Bible, Genesis 1 verse 1, right to Revelations, it's quite a task. But I'm continuing on with that. I've got about another three months to go, and I'm still going to catch up and make sure I will finish it. That is for sure. One thing's for sure. But let me tell you, honestly, I can say that I have been enriched through what the Lord has done and spoken and what I've learned and how I've grown in the knowledge of the Lord through the Bible readings. And I believe that you are going to be enriched as well. Colossians 3 verse uh, 16 says the following, let the word of Christ dwell in you, and what's that next word? Richly. I like that. Let the word dwell in you richly. Let me tell you, if you show me a Christian who has lots of the Word of God in them, I will show you a strong Christian. If you show me a Christian that has precious little of the Word of God in them, I will show you somebody who is really struggling. The Word strengthens you, let me tell you. The Word builds you up. The Word makes you strong in the Lord. Obviously, this is by the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's so important that it would dwell in us richly. So, richly or poorly. The choice is yours. But let me say, as for me and my house, the Word of God is going to dwell in us richly. How many of you agree with that? Amen. Now, so that's how the Lord directed me to the theme for this year, growing in God's Word. And, and also, I just was reminded of the fact that as we grow in the Word, we are built up and one of the byproducts of being in the word is greater faith in the God of all power, dominion, and authority. Amen. And so I also believe that there is significant God-designed continuity between last year and what we were dealing with and this year and what we're dealing with. 
And that's not because of any of us being smart. It's just because of the Lord being awesome. And the Lord is working with a plan. I want to tell you, God is working with so much detail in your life. If you could see the blueprints of heaven and how he's working in your life, you would be astounded. And God takes us on. He leads us on. We shouldn't be those that stagnate, that decide, well, I just want to be comfortable. I want to have a lukewarm life. We should be those that hearts are set on pilgrimage, that we're going to journey with God. And so praise the Lord for him leading us on. Now, secondly of three things is I want to give something practical, some pointers, number two, to successfully complete the 260 readings of the New Testament. Now, I'm pretty sure that all of us here would actually like to take full advantage of this opportunity to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and in the knowledge of the word. How many of you say, yes, I want to take advantage of this? And so here are some pointers, some ideas, these are practical, that may be helpful to you. Now, the first point is, number one, don't fall behind, don't fall behind, don't fall behind. (laughs) Nudge the person next to you and say, that's for you. (laughs) because let me tell you it's easy to fall behind it is hey we've got to be careful because once you fall behind it's difficult to catch up it's twice as hard all right now this is the first point now the second point is don't fall behind don't fall behind don't fall behind come on Ralph you can chuckle a little there (laughs) amen And the third point, no, 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 it's not the same. Don't worry. Okay. But I, I do want to encourage you, st- stick with it. Because when you fall behind and then you've, you know, suddenly you're two and a half months behind, the chances of you seeing it through to the end is a lot less. And so stick with it. Stick with the program. Number three, set a daily reminder in your phone. You might want to just pop the words in every day. Just put it repeating in your calendar, Bible reading. Because sometimes you get so busy you actually forget. A little reminder can really help you. Another one is uh, be accountable to someone or some group. If you're part of a a life group, this is an excellent opportunity. As you come together on a weekly basis, you're holding each other accountable. How did your reading go? What's happening? What did you learn? What did you discover? But if you're not in a life group, at least just be accountable to someone. And here's what I'd like to suggest. When you go out of here today, and in the next day or two, tell somebody, I am reading through the New Testament in this year. Just declaring those words and telling somebody helps with accountability. And so that is another way of successfully completing the 216, uh, 260 readings for the year. Now, this one uh, I wrote here, read at the same pace as the rest of the church. I know some people who like to read a million miles an hour, and they'll be done with this in two and a half weeks, but we are actually wanting to journey corporately. We wanting to go through this together, and it's good to have a sense of corporately journeying. And sometimes when we come together on a Sunday, we might decide, well, one of the, one of the sermons that will be preached will be in reference to what has been read the previous week or what will be read in the following week. And so as we journey together, it can be great. But stick at the pace of us all going together, if you don't mind. Now, how many of you are, being willing, are you willing to admit, John, 
I don't like reading too much. I'm actually a slow reader. Put up your hands. Okay, many people's hands going up. Lord, those that lied, we just forgive them right now. Okay. <laughs> now, how many of you, you love reading? You can read so many books. Raise up a hand. Wow. Like an Afrikaans guy I once met said, fantastic, man, fantastic. <laughs> Anyhow, John, just stay focused here. All right. So read at the same pace as the rest of the church. Here's another point. Try to read at a set time each day. This might not work for some people, but for others it might work. And you determine, well, first thing in the morning, that's when I'm going to do it. It's going to work. Some people might say, I can't until the kids are in bed. It's chaos, John. Yeah, from 8 o'clock and then you might want to read at night. Uh, some of you might want to consider lunchtime, all right? Because you maybe have a little opportunity, slip out the office, be outside or be in the cafeteria, and you can read your daily Bible reading in that way. And so sometimes having a specific time can be good for you. Also then, decide what works best for you, print or online. There's some people that will never read it online. They believe that maybe God's not even going to be happy with them. So God will still be happy with you, all right? But there is something to be said where you start in Matthew and you get through to Revelation. Don't worry about the maps. That's okay. We're not going to have a test on that. But there is something of reading it through and you think, wow, I have actually read it through. For some people, it will be so much better just to read it online. You know your lifestyle, you know what's practical, and you can just spend a bit of time online, and you can read it, you can read it at the office, and, and some of you, especially in terms of reading it online, you have marvelous opportunity to read it when you're at home affairs. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, or some people in the men's room, or something like that, uh, let's be practical. It doesn't mean that if you... Don't read the Bible in church that it doesn't count. And let's be practical. So decide what works best for you. Also, make use of a readable translation. If you are going to read the King James Version, you might not have that much fun in your Bible reading this year. All right? And so it's important to find a translation that you enjoy that's very readable. I'm going to be reading the New King James Version because that's my preference. But in terms of a readable translation, I would su suggest to you the NIV is a very good translation. I would suggest to you TLB, the Living Bible, is a lovely readable translation. And one which is more uh, new and more recent but is excellent is NLT, the New Living Translation. How many of you like the NLT? It is a fantastic, so nice to understand translation, and it's important to find a translation that you enjoy. I would not recommend a translation like the message. Why? Because it is a paraphrase translation. You want a direct translation. I would not recommend, in this case, even the Amplified Bible, because it is an expanded version, all right? Some people call it the multiple choice version or something like that. But so find a version that will work nicely for you. And also then, uh, the last aspect under this is read for spiritual growth, not to just get the job done. Some of us are so task-orientated, all we're worried about is doing it, ticking it off, getting to the end of the year, and being able to say to others, I did it. 
But we need to be able to read it for spiritual growth. Come on, am I talking to somebody? So this is not just a to-do list. This is a time with God, and it can be such a blessing. Now, here are two excellent questions that you could ask yourself after each daily reading. Here's the one question. What is this telling me about God? That's a good question. What is this telling me about God? And also, secondly, what is God saying to me through this? So that as you read, there's a little moment of contemplation. But then, most importantly, I want to encourage you, end off your time of reading with a moment of prayer. It doesn't have to be a long moment of prayer. Just turn in your heart to God and just say, God, thank you that I could spend this time with you. Thank you, Lord, for for who you are. Thank you for how you revealed yourself in this situation to the lame man. And thank you that situations in my life that seem impossible are not impossible. And so thank you, Lord. I give my day into your hands. A little moment of prayer, and I believe that that will enrich you. Number three, the last point I'd like to share with you. Are you still with me, church? Say amen if you're with me. Number three. God's word is alive and powerful. Please say that aloud with me. God's word is alive and powerful. Now, you and I need to realize as we're engaging with the word, as we are delving into the word this year, that this word is powerful. It lives. It is alive. It is active to work. God says when he sends his word, it will never return to him void. So we are dealing with something powerful and living the living word of God. Let there be a passion that rises up in your heart for this. I want to say this is not some fictional novel. This is not to kill a mockingbird. This is not a Jane Eyre. This is not a Moby Dick. This is altogether different, folks. This is the living word of the maker of heaven and earth how we should love it, treasure it, eat it. The Bible says that your lips are like, sorry, not your lips. (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. In, In Bible college, we used to have a saying like, that girl, she's got lips like the apocalypse. No, 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 let's not go there. But... Your word is like honey to my lips and sweet to my soul. Now, some of you have got the wrong picture in your mind. Move on, move on, move on, move on. Okay. (laughs) Ah, My word, help me, Jesus. Rapture, rapture right now. Okay. So anyhow, this is something altogether different. This is not a novel written by a human person. This is written by the living word of God. Hebrews 4, verse 12, this is what it says. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now listen to this. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Wow. And of joints and marrow. And is, listen to this, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And this is what we're exposing ourselves to. And so God's word is living. And to realize that God's word wasn't living at one point and then died. God's word was living 
and alive at the time of the first century Christians. God's word was living when your great-grandmother or your great-father was uh, still alive. God's word is living today. It hasn't died and it will never die because his word endures forever. Also, we see that God's word is powerful. Powerful refers to the fact that it actually is life-changing. It can change your life. It is life-changing, most certainly, and it is dynamic as it works within us. And we shouldn't only listen, but we need to allow it to transform us. As we read in the Bible in this year, see yourself on the potter's wheel and let God work. Let God have his way. Listen to this statement. God's word brings us to a point of decision. You can't read and be indifferent. (laughs) No, 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 not with the word of God. Because when God's word comes, it comes right in. It cuts right in. And it calls you to a place of decision. But also in verse 14, it says, God's word is, and it says there, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. A discerner and the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know what this means? That the word of God will penetrate through any mask, through anything that we've put up, and it cuts straight into our heart for our good. Isn't it wonderful that God has given this powerful tool to work deeply within our hearts and it shows us who we truly are. Let me say, we might be able to fool some Christians about our spirituality. We may be able to even fool our spouse. You might even be able to fool yourself. But you cannot fool the Word of God. You cannot fool God Himself. And that's why as you expose yourself to the word of God, you can expect life change to take place. I think of a surgeon's knife. It cuts precisely in to deal with the problem. And in the same way, God's word cuts straight in. But it cuts straight in always with the purpose to heal and to restore because he is a good, good father. So as he's working in our lives this year, he's going to be working, bringing about more of Jesus, more of the character of God in our lives. Can you say amen? And as I draw to a close, I want to say this, that God's word is powerful, yes, to change us, but God's word is also powerful to fight off the enemy. When Jesus was being tempted in the, or tempted, tempted, tested in the wilderness, what Jesus did time and time again is he fought the enemy with the word of God. As you have a greater supply of the word of God within you, automatically the Spirit of God reminds you of that supply and helps you to fight off the enemy. The enemy comes in and says, you're a failure, you're never gonna make it. And God says, you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And it's the Word of God that is the most effective way of fighting off the lies of the devil. So you're gonna become stronger this year, church. I believe it with all my heart. And we're gonna become better equipped this year with fending off the enemy with our swords. I have a sword. How about you? Do you have a sword? By the way, I remember interviewing a guy on radio years ago. His name's Gary Kisvet, a lovely pastor, lives down in the Cape. And he said, you know, the other day we stopped at a roadblock and they asked to uh, declare your weapons. Do you have any weapons with you? And he said, well, I have to declare, I've got to declare, I got the sword of the spirit. (laughs) 
So the traffic officer was a little bit confused and so on. I'm like, oh, yeah, Gary, the sword of the spirit. He said, listen, if I've got a weapon, I have to declare it. <laughs> so next time the police officer pulls you over, you say, you just have to declare your weapon, the sword of the spirit. All right. Ephesians 6, it's on your screen, verse 17. It says, and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing this year. We're going to be taking up the sword of the Spirit, our swords in a new way. Amen? Say to the person next to you, take up your sword in Jesus' name. I'm going to end off just telling you one thing, and then we're going to pray. When I was a kid in Sunday school, we sang a song. Isn't it interesting how some of those little songs you hear in Sunday school, you never, ever forget? And the words of the song were like this. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. That is so true. I want to tell you that is so true. And I want to call upon you as a representative of the Lord speaking here right now, folks, that you would begin to read your Bible and that you would begin to pray every day. And you will grow. Father, I speak over you people right now that we are entering into a new season of growth in the name of Jesus. And it comes not by our clever thoughts or ideas or philosophies, but it comes through the ever-living Word of God. Lord, may the Word of Christ dwell in us richly because Your Word is powerful and it is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword. So we declare victory over this year and we thank You for what You are going to do. We give You thanks and we give You praise. Let's put our hands together and bless the Lord in Jesus' name. And somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Amen.